Indulge me for a moment and imagine these scenarios. You recently suffered a bad injury and can no longer pursue the career path that you were on before. You're intrigued by the idea of something new, but overwhelmed by having to pivot so unexpectedly. Or you just moved into a new city where you don't know anyone, and you've decided to go across the street and introduce yourself to your new neighbor. You're nervous and self-conscious, but you want to make new friends. Or this one. You've recently decided to go back to school after being a stay-at-home parent. You feel empowered by the decision to learn and pursue your interests, but are struggling with the stress of finding a new balance between parenting and school. Each of these scenarios are unique and complex, but they all share a common thread. They present new opportunities, but also complicated decisions and difficult sacrifices that are often unfamiliar. They're all stories of starting over. Welcome to The Lisa Show, where we take a good look at life. All of us, at one point or another, have to start over somehow. It may be moving to a new place, or losing a loved one, or recovering from addiction, or any of a million scenarios in which we have to go back to the drawing board and figure out what our life is going to look like going forward. And being in that position is often a complicated mixture of scary, exciting, intimidating, empowering, and lonely, often all at the same time. This season on The Lisa Show, we want to help everyone who is starting over, now or in the future, to feel a little less alone and a little more empowered and connected by what they're going through. Each episode, we'll be hearing one person's story of starting over the good, the bad, and everything in between. And while we could never cover every type of starting over in one series, the stories that you'll hear are powerful examples of the power of vulnerability, the kind of vulnerability that helps us all feel a little more connected to each other and a little more capable of taking the next step, whatever that next step might be, knowing that although we may feel alone, we really aren't. We have found people who are not only telling their story of a new beginning, but they have empathy for you as you're listening and are anxious for you to know what they have learned and are generous in sharing it. So in this first episode of The Lisa Show's series on starting over, we talked to Shannon Jenkins about her experience starting over doing something almost all of us had done at one point or another, trying to start over after the end of a romantic relationship. For some of us, it was after a heartbreaking summer fling as 20-somethings. For others, it was after the devastating end of a years-long marriage. And for others, like my first guest, Shannon, it's after an abusive, toxic relationship. Right at the beginning, what struck me about Shannon's story, I quickly realized that starting over after a relationship doesn't mean starting to date. In reality, it's the internal shift she had to make to start over her life. And that is the focus of her story. But let's back up and start at the beginning. Here's how Shannon describes her story. Well, 
Hello, everyone. <laughs> My name is Shannon Jenkins. I am Australian and British, hence the hybrid accent, and currently live in Switzerland. Amazing. Very international. <laughs> yes, very international. And there have been, accompanying that, obviously a lot of starting overs. But the starting over that sparked my podcast inspiration was in relation to leaving an abusive relationship, a toxic relationship, and plucking up the courage to leave and have quite a difficult legal battle, in fact, for two years, which resulted in me getting custody of our son and permission to relocate to where I now reside in Switzerland. So this for me was the opening of a whole new chapter. And like perhaps many of you who are in new chapters and fresh starts in your life, you realize that there is so much fear that accompanies that and it demands a lot of courage and you're left in this abyss where you go, okay, what is the next right step? And who am I now? What does this next version of me look like? So they were the questions that I started asking myself throughout this whole whole period that have led me to where I am now in this new country with a new business. Her new business and the podcast she hosts is starting over with Shannon Jenkins. Shannon is now helping others with their own fresh starts all over the world. As someone who is wary and honestly kind of exhausted by the thought and mention of starting over in any aspect of my life, and knowing that Shannon is enthusiastically inspiring others in this arena, I was curious about how this happened. How does someone who starts with a dramatic, lonely, heartbreaking escape from an abusive relationship start over with a six-month-old and looming legal and financial problems piling up. So I started at the beginning and asked Shannon about the very start of her journey of starting over, her decision to leave her partner. She told me about the night that, after years of abuse, finally pushed her over the edge. I had a moment, an evening, where we had an argument in the living room and my son, who was six months old at the time, was sitting there and me and my now ex-partner were shouting across the room to one another. And I had this moment of, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this to my son. I can't do this to myself. And there's something about being put in a situation that can be quite challenging that almost gives you the courage to make a change. It's, it can be almost like ripping the plaster off. You want, it, you want it to go slowly, but there is something that is really difficult and can cause a lot of suffering that makes you go, yeah, okay, I, I'm done, I'm done. And that was it, that was it for me. It was like, no, I want to have a better future. I, don't, I see where this is going and it's only going to get worse. So I've got to pack my stuff and I've got to go. And it was terrifying, but it was absolutely the right decision. And I think we only know sometimes that those are the right decisions in hindsight. I think one of the hardest parts of starting over in any situation is the unknown. For me, I just want to make the right decision that will put me in the correct path, right, into the unknown future. And I think this is what keeps a lot of us from starting in the first place, the fear of making a misstep or a mistake. So I think what Shannon mentions here is vital, that we really can't ever tell how a decision will go until after the fact. She says, I can't do this anymore. She knew what she didn't want, and then she was ready to act on it, but she didn't know what would happen next. And that not knowing is terrifying. So many of us, if given the choice that Shannon had, choose to stay in what we know, because it's so hard to see just how good starting over could be. Here's how Shannon described it. 
And I think that opens for so many of us a great fear of the unknown, where there's a blank canvas in front of you and it often depends on the mindset that we approach that with. You could see the blank canvas as being exciting and full of possibility where it's an opportunity to embrace the journey of becoming or it could be absolutely terrifying if we allow it to. Just because you have fear, it doesn't mean that it's not the right thing to do. I think there's a famous saying about courage is not the absence of fear but deciding that something else is more important. I don't want to underestimate the fear of the unknown. I haven't had the same life experience Shannon has had, but I do know that fear of not knowing what the next step is and needing to make some decisions. And that kind of fear can be immobilizing. When your nervous system is overloaded by that fear, it's easy to want to retreat and to not act, not to do anything, fight, flight, or freeze. And usually, like in Shannon's situation or in my fear of the unknown after my husband died, the stakes are high. Like Shannon, my decisions are not my own because I'm a mother, so my kids are impacted as well. Raising the stakes on a decision made in fear doesn't feel like an exciting starting over when anything could happen because you know, well, you know, anything could happen. When you're internally getting ready for a new life, in my case, without my partner and father of my children, you have to move forward with the fear and trust that someday it won't always feel this intense. For Shannon, while she was attempting to heal and figure out her new life, she was also stuck in a protracted legal battle over the end of her relationship. I asked her what living with that fear of starting over looked like this looked like a lot of moments of crying and getting angry and allowing myself, in fact, to feel it all. And I think that's, I think that's a really important point in and amongst this, like what I would say is a healing journey. It's, we often want to be able to manage it all. Of course we do. But we have to admit that sometimes times are tough. And I think we need to accept that there is a, a process of release through that. So actually where I did derive my strength from in many respects to continue what ended up being quite a long and vicious battle, I would say, is the ability to stay open to love as opposed to hate. And that, we could see that from many angles. I don't necessarily mean a love romantically, but I think love of oneself, appreciation of oneself, also of the community aspect, friends, family, leaning on support, as opposed to getting stuck in the mental cycles of why me, why is this happening? How could somebody do this to me? There's a quote by Byron Katie that I love, and she says, everything happens for you, not to you so hard in real time but I think in those moments where I could do that where I could say okay what is life trying to teach me right now it's really powerful because it puts you into a pace of empowerment as opposed to victimhood I'm glad that Shannon brought up the idea of what is life trying to teach me now because in the moment you don't or at least I don't want to learn one more big lesson. I just want to get through it and be on the other side of a hard new beginning. You know, when everything is settled and you feel comfortable again, right? 
But again, this is one of the fundamental reasons why starting over is so daunting sometimes, and we drag our feet in the beginning. It's an important message. There will be lessons learned, and somehow trusting that, even if you won't see those lessons for a while, feels comforting. (laughs) It feels like you're laying a foundation for the right thing in the future that you'll be able to enjoy eventually. I love what Shannon mentions about how even in the thick of an indescribable, difficult, emotional time, at least leaving herself open to love and not to hate allowed herself to start down the path of starting over, leaving a space for love to grow, not just love for others, but especially love for yourself is the smallest but most crucial step towards being able to replace those negative feelings with empowerment and excitement for the future. It's so easy to become negative about everything and to hate everything and everyone and become jaded about life. But having the mindset to just be open to love was one of those early thoughts that made a big difference in the path she was laying out for herself. That said, it's obviously easier said than done. Shannon told me about how she had to shift her mindset as she was starting over and listen to how passionate she is about changing your internal mindset that it becomes unknown to her at the time, part of her life's work in helping others. Well, I think there's a time in all of our lives where we have a difficulty that forces us to start asking more questions about how we've built our life, the choices that we've made, why we are the way we are. Why is it that I chose this type of partner? Oh, look, because in my case, I didn't have a dad around. You know, I I never knew him. I had a very unstable childhood in many ways. And I was seeking somebody to support me that I felt protected with. And that was a big wake-up call in respect. So after this, I started this process of of self-discovery, of self-awareness, of going, okay, what is it that made me choose a narcissistic partner, essentially? And in many respects, it was quite confronting, but also beautiful because there's a liberation that comes with that, which is why I'm so passionate about this work because I think it's... It really is the ticket to inner freedom and change. We often want to change our external world, but actually the true change comes from the internal. When we change how we are internally, that emanates outwards. So I think in terms of the healing and the steps, I mean, in the context of my relationship, there was definitely a getting to safety part and also getting to safety internally. I think I realized that in many respects I'd been in a state of nervous system dysregulation, fight or flight, freeze mode, consistently rushing around and never feeling calm or at ease. So I think the process of, like I said before about releasing heavy emotions, that is, that's so integral to that rather than keeping everything in a heavy backpack that we carry around for years and years and years. Like, no, let's, let's lighten the load a little bit. So that was releasing the grief the grief of the life that I wanted. I mean, so many of us have that, right? Where we we have an idealized image of how we want our life to be, how we want things to go. And then it can be devastating when that doesn't go to plan. And all of a sudden, it's like a boat that's cut away from its moorings, that's just drifting. And you say, but this isn't, this isn't what I planned. This isn't what I wanted. I don't know what to do next. So that, I think, is, was a big part, was learning how to to get more grounded and more stable in myself, as opposed to seeking the external to do that for me.
This idea of grieving the life that we thought we were going to have is something I'm all too familiar with. In fact, when she said it, I had a physical reaction. Again, our situations are very different, but in the Venn diagram of our experiences, grief over the good, wonderful life that we really wanted but doesn't go to plan is our big overlap. It is a devastating kind of grief, and I have felt in the moments when I've tried to hang on to how life really should be or how I had planned and worked for it to go, that it seems like loyalty, but it's really an extended idea that isn't real and doesn't serve me or my kids. It's seductive because it's a fantasy, but I can see how loyalty to this idea could stop me from that internal mindset Shannon talks about, about allowing life to be something we haven't imagined, not planned. And like she said, to get more grounded and more stable in myself helps us do that, to have something real, and then it doesn't matter what external things happen. It really takes courage to start over, especially while managing this grief that may never fully go away and is the true foundation of courage, and that's self-love. I think we often picture courage as a person who is strong, stoic, and white-knuckling their way through life while kind of shoving their struggles aside. But in reality, I found that real courage has to be built on kindness for ourselves. I have to be willing to forgive myself for the mistakes I'll inevitably make while also being proud of my successes if I'm ever going to realistically start over at anything. Shannon told me about how self-compassion helped her starting over with a new, possible romantic relationship. After such a deep hurt, it seemed like such a huge risk. But she emphasized that starting over after the end of a relationship is not the start of a new one. Again, it's that internal pre-work of self-love and compassion, no matter what your future relationship status may be. I think there's a, there can be a, a temptation to fall into the force or the momentum that we can get from the excitement associated with a new start in many respects. And that drives us forward and that feels like, okay, this is a new, a new lease of life and that's great. But I think when you then confront a new obstacle, if you don't have the gentleness, the positive self-talk, the kindness, the self-compassion, you will falter. So it's really building, I think, the foundations of love and self-care and support that then enable you to move forward in a healthy way. So this is the part of the interview where I feel called out. After my husband died, everyone told me, including people who know me the very best and whose opinion I value, that I needed to be kind and gentle with myself as I ventured out into the new world as a new person and I don't know why, fully but it felt very trite to me. But I have learned to value that advice. At the very beginning, I thought, well, just give me something to do. I'd clean, organize, help my kids, work, go on a run, anything but stop and be kind and gentle with myself. I mean, what does it really mean? I remember being so frustrated by that. It didn't feel better if I took a bath or stretched or I don't know, whatever. I thought it was indulgent. Until that is, I realized that it meant cutting myself some slack, speaking kindly and generously to myself inside my head and not worrying about what other people thought. It is the foundation of leaving yourself open to love, to really sit and listen to yourself and be still. 
For everyone, this will look different, but I wanna emphasize what Shannon is saying here about why we have such high expectations on ourselves and why taking this advice is so hard, but such an important step when starting over. Here are her encouraging words for when being brave and self-compassionate feels too hard. I think when it comes to transformation, we often want something to be quick. Of course, it's a universal desire. It's why we always have our New Year's resolutions and then fall off the bandwagon a month later, typically speaking. But it's because we have such high expectations of ourselves and what we can do on the basis of our motivation and our willpower when actually true change happens step by step, brick by brick, to the extent that you might not even notice it. And it can happen in the micro moments where I look back and I go, oh yeah, that would have been the moment where I did such and such, but now I don't anymore. And I think it's actually cultivating the time and space to pause and praise yourself for those little changes because they do amount to something really significant over time. It seems more manageable and encouraging to think of this as a brick by brick process of development as much as we wanna hurry up and be done with the starting over process. But I really wanted to know those little things that looking back really helped the most. As we were talking and my conversation with Shannon covered a lot of topics, I remembered that earlier we were talking about attachment styles and how learning about them had made a significant impact on her. And I wanted to include it here. Here's what she said. I think attachment styles, if anyone's unfamiliar with that, I really recommend going and looking at the work of Julie Manano. She's somebody that I, I work with who's brilliant in this space. And for me, like I said, terrible choice of partner that's prompted some questions. And I came across this idea of attachment. We largely have two categories, insecure and secure attachment, and then some subcategories within that. I won't go heavy on the theory, but what I did realize was that there was a, a big underlying fear of abandonment, which is very common in people who have an attachment, an anxious attachment. And I, in ways, was protected from that with a narcissistic partner, because typically a narcissistic partner doesn't leave. They will stay attached to you. So in fact, I was on an unconscious level protecting myself from my own deepest fear, which was of being abandoned. There are little nuggets like this when I say about your, your healing journey where you go, oh, I get it. Okay, that's what it is. And it doesn't mean that change happens overnight, but it gives you a certain freedom through self-awareness and the understanding of going, oh, okay, I actually need to nurture myself first and protect the girl that is fearing being abandoned right now in order to make real change. So with the attachment in relation to starting over, if it's anyone who is starting over in terms of a, a new relationship, I'd really recommend doing a deep dive into this space and understanding where where you fit in this category. Why? What, what are the fears that are motivating you? Are you fearing rejection? Are you fearing abandonment? Are you fearing being isolated? Are you fearing not being good enough? Like, and how is that impacting the choices that you make on a daily basis? And especially with the people that you choose to be in relationship with or not. 
This level of self-reflection is something that I think we could all use, looking for love or not. The better we understand ourselves, the better we can be intentional about the way we engage with other people and improve our relationships. But like Shannon said, it's a slow, gradual process that's made up of lots of small daily decisions to be kind to ourselves and to be brave. I asked Shannon how this process felt for her, including why feeling this is so hard. It was really, really hard and in many respects traumatic. But what it did do was show me the parts of myself that I needed to heal in order to step forward. And I think wherever we can, if we can use the difficulties that we have in our life to shine a light on the parts of ourselves that need our love, care and attention, that's where the real transformation happens. Just to add on to that, there's a spiritual component for me too, which is around trusting the process and the unfolding of your life. There's a quote by Steve Jobs that I love, and he says, you can't connect the dots looking backwards. And you can't. Things might not make sense to you, but I know because I've heard this story of so many different people and everyone shares the same thing in a different way. And that is, I got something better I understood at a later date why I needed that lesson. I understood it brought me something better. And I think I really want people to hold on to that sense of hope, especially when things do feel challenging, to know that one day it's all going to make sense. And you might even be glad that things didn't work out as you once hoped. I once wanted my relationship with my ex-partner to work out. And I felt really embarrassed, quite honestly, that I had to separate with a six-month-old child. Like, what, what decisions had I made that led me there? I now live in the most beautiful place. I have the most delightful husband of relationship that is nowhere near what I had before. And it just demanded that I, like I said, cross over that bridge and trust that it's going to work out. And I think when you're on the right path, you're in a river with a sort of certain flow, things will open for you. Stay open to opportunities, but, but there will be a certain flow in your life. You're being guided in a certain direction. I genuinely believe that. Shannon's resilience during her struggles wasn't about avoiding pain because that would have prolonged the real work of starting over. Rather, it was about allowing herself to feel every emotion, the tears, the anger, the uncertainty while leaving herself open to love and the inner work of self-love. In the midst of legal complexities and leaving an abusive relationship, Shannon decided that even though she didn't know exactly what was next, she knew what she didn't want. And I'm impressed that she found a new flow in life that had her learning about herself and others, attachment styles, fear, and what she wanted in life. It's so easy after a devastating loss of an intimate relationship to want to close yourself off to the world and even yourself. It is tempting. That's why the choice to stay open to love is such a bold statement to someone at the beginning of a new start. It is brave. And you may think starting over after a new relationship is finding new love, but the starting over is really the pre-work it takes to get to safety internally and the mindset change to make the choices in the life that you want. And like Shannon said, really building, I think, the foundations of love and self-care and support enable you to move forward in a healthy way.
As we continue this series about starting over, you'll hear more stories about the importance of finding compassion for ourselves, learning the courage to embrace the unknown, and allowing ourselves the grace to feel. It's okay not to have all the answers or to feel overwhelmed. The journey of starting over is rarely linear, easy, or one size fits all. And so knowing that, and that we will all face starting over in varying degrees throughout our lives, I invite you to listen to the rest of this series to begin that pre-work of starting over with us all here and with me on the podcast with more empathy for each other, moving forward in more healthy, compassionate ways on foundations of love, encouragement, and real power. I mean, we're in this together after all. The Lisa Show is a production of BYU Radio. It's hosted by Lisa Valentine-Clark and produced by McKay Menden and Becca Hurley with help from Avery Stoneley, Blake Morse, and Michael Combs. Music and post-production for this episode was done by Gracie Davis. And make sure you check out Lisa Show's Council of Moms series on YouTube, where Lisa sits down with a rotating cast of moms to answer questions submitted by listeners like you. 